handle the truth. That's me. I'm Jim Price. Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is uh, September 7th. It's a Thursday, 2023. Well, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, what a day I've had already. I've had a lot of things going on. I'm trying to wait on the arrival of my phone still. Still, still haven't received that. And so that will be coming in hopefully anytime soon. Uh, do have to go to the House of Hope event tonight. Oh, that'll be a great event. House of Hope here in Kansas has got a, an event tonight. Tim Tebow will be speaking, and I will be there uh, shortly after this uh, airing. I will be done uh, here in about an hour, and I will be there and uh, doing a meet and greet as well as some other things, and then uh, attending dinner, but then I will have to get on the road to Dallas uh, yes, I will be in Dallas sometime around 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, just in time to sleep for a minute and then jump up and be ready to go and do the conference tomorrow. I'll have to set up my media equipment and do all those good, fun things like that. So that was, that's where I'll be tomorrow. Uh, as we have been going down this path of our life being torn apart uh, bit by bit, I don't think that we've all really paid attention to. I I made a uh, I made a um, um, I made some statements the other day about certain things going on in our world around us, and some of it had to do with how we are at three hundred percent less money than the Great Depression. And what I mean by that is, guys, if you're making seventy thousand dollars a year, in reality, according to uh, uh, deflation, inflation, uh, whatever you want to call it you should be making 300% more if you were living, you would be making 300% more if you were living during the Great Depression. The eight to 10 years, depending on how you wanted to scale in the Great Depression, uh, we only had single digit unemployment until the government got involved with the put everybody back to work thing. And uh, so when they did that, they uh, created a almost 20% unemployment rate. It was kind of weird. All of a sudden, everybody was unemployed as soon as the government started handing out uh, unemployment checks. I guess that would be the best way to describe that. And so that's how that all came about. I want to go ahead and see if I can play you guys. Oh, let's see if I can get this to work. <sighs> yeah, I'm taking a great big deep breath because I tell you what, this is uh, sometimes more painful than it's necessary. Uh, let's see here. Let's do this. Let's go this way with it, because I know I just sent this out. And uh, oh, by the way, I was another one too. Big Chief tablets. Woo wee! I um, had a little flashback memory of of how Big Chief tablets smell. And what I'm about to show you is that. not well, because I want. Well, let's see this. I can't play that video because they took threw up three pop ups on me. And it just started wildly playing the volume. So let me try this again. Let's see if we can get in here without all of this other stuff being in the way. Okay, got that to stop, I think. Okay, that stopped there. Uh, I wanted to do this, so let's do a screen capture. Boop, 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 boop. But I do want you guys to see this is actually just really uh, a great little, it's a TikTok, uh, but just understand that this guy, I mean, it's, I think he did a pretty good job over here. What I'm about to show you is not because I want to hurt people. It's not because I want to make you depressed. It's not because I want to make people sad or down on themselves. I'm only doing this because we need to bring awareness to this situation because right now Americans are being gaslit into thinking we're just getting lazier and we're too entitled and we're expecting too much. The Great Depression is widely considered, at least where I went to school, as the worst economic time in American history. I want to show you the numbers on what the average income was during the Great Depression to now. Just for reference, the Great Depression is considered to be in this time period, 1929 to 1941. I looked at every single year and looked at what the worst year was. The worst year 
was 1930 economically for American households. So 1930, the average net yearly income of Americans, this is so this is for one American, not a family, this is for one person annually was $4,887. Let's look at how much money that is in today's money. I'm just gonna let this sit for a second. 1930, $4,881. I know I forgot it was a seven, whatever. 2023, this is for one person, not a family. One person, $88,000 a year in today's money. That was their depression. If that's a depression, look at what we're doing. In 2019, and this was the average income for one American in the United States. Okay, real quick, I wanted to stop that. Now, if you saw his math, it actually says it's 1,700% less. That's 17 times less money than the Great Depression. Now, I'm saying that he says 17 times. I was only saying three times, 300%. He's saying it's 17, according to the inflation calendar, 17 times 1,700 times, 700%. That's 17 times. You should That person should be making 17 times more than what they... And now, guys, I know that seems a little far-fetched, but in reality, that's how far off we really are from having what we should really be is a great time in America. We're not... I mean, we... We, they, they have figured this game out really well, how to use us and abuse us. Hey, Stella, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Stella uh, is here as well. Um, but this is what we got to put up with, where we have this amount of gaslighting about what is really going on. And I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, continue playing. I just wanted to show that part. I just want to describe that part to you real quick. So I'm going to scooch it back just a little bit so you guys can kind of re-go back over. If you look at here, it says the 1700 right there. See in the very middle. So he's talking about 1930, enter the year, uh, purchase an item for, he's saying $4,800 or $4,881, and then compared to 2023, basically you should be making $8,888. Again, that is where we really are in this world. Let's continue on. $81, I know I forgot it was a seven, whatever. 2023, this is for one person, not a family. One person, $88,000 a year in today's money. That was their depression. If that's a depression, look at what we're doing. In 2019, and this was the average income for one American in the United States. Just in case you wanted to see the exact number, I went ahead and converted that over. I even rounded up to 32,000 and put it in for 2023 from 2019, and it's 38,000 a year for one American. We are in a Great Depression. I mean, I said in another video, we're in the worst economic time in American history. We have the lowest purchasing power we have ever had in American history, and they, I, and they want to they want to make it seem like I'm lying. This is the numbers. One more thing, because I don't want to end on a negative note. I want everyone to remember something. If you're working full time and you found a way to pay your bills, you're never hungry. You got clothes on your back, a car that you can drive. You deserve massive applause for that. And I don't care what anyone says. Oh, listen to this guy. What a baby. Look at him getting in his feelings. I don't care. All of us collectively that have made things happen under these conditions to take care of ourselves. Some of us have kids, take care of our families, wives, brothers, sisters, anybody. Even just taking care of yourself. If you've managed to make that happen, you honestly, cheers to that. Now, think about what that guy was saying there. I mean, he's this is almost a dramatic effect where we should be like almost in the streets rioting. I mean, I don't know how all these elites are even alive in a world where we outnumber them. Um, we outnumber them by like, uh, and I, I, and they're not even 1%. I don't think people even realize that they're not even 1% of the world's population, and we're over here kowtowing these guys like they have some kind of superpower over us. They don't, but these people actually literally do this. Uh, Stella asked, um, she says, uh, what was the dollar worth then? Well, the dollar worth then was gold. See, the problem is, is back then when he's talking about this before, we really hadn't, we were just beginning to go off of metal-backed currency, and we were just being, you know, we were being built uh, from uh, 1871 on. The problem with that is, is that we don't realize that all of our interest was paid in solid gold to the Vatican uh, through the Bank of London. And that is why this is absolutely necessary to understand the world around us has been an absolute charade. Uh, it's been an absolute a con 
um, we're living in a con. You're living in the manipulation of human beings the same way that they quote unquote make laws for, you know, to, to uh, you know, don't, don't, you can't take advantage of someone in a car deal or they got three days to, re, you know, write a rescindance and all these other things that this is all part of, you know, we, we go around and we think, oh, we got all these laws to protect each other. But the problem is, is we don't have, well, we do have something. We have a contract called the, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Those two things at, that we bind together, and we know that these are very important because uh, a letter of intent, a letter of intent is the Declaration of Independence, uh, and the actual contract is the, the Constitution. And those things, if we actually put ourselves in the situation to say, we're going to pay attention to the Constitution, the Constitution alone, that's how we protect ourselves from this, this massive con. But there's prob- the problem is, listen, guys, you will not get any of these people. If, you had, if I had Bill Clinton sitting right here next to me, I was sitting on a microphone, and I'd sit there like, hey, man, Uncle Bill, how did, how did we get where we're at? How, did, how is it that we're, well, this is a part of a mismanagement of, uh, you know, when we have uh, uh, a global economics, uh, when you understand that, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, international and uh, local players that, you know, we'll have to, and this is the worst Bill Clinton imitation I've ever done. Um, you know, it's like we don't, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the fact that because, you know, bl- banking has their interest and when they're raising rates like this and then we just have, you know, the supply chains are coming out of China and, and Africa's instability. Well, you know how that this is all, again, this is a politics answer. This is how, this is what they do. They don't answer the question. They don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, open it up if you would. And then uh, this is like an absolute, like a mess this is what they do. They deflect, redirect, do all this other stuff and all these other... Hey, Rebecca Wells, good to see you here. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. But this is the problem, what we're having right now, is these people will tell you lies like this but never really answer the question. How are we here? Why are we here? Is there a such thing as a... As a um, cool. Yeah, I said it right there. Um, so, thank you, sir. Uh, my phone is here. Yay. Uh, anyway, looks like it... It's a phone. Uh, but anyway, I'll be back to my regular communications and actually being able to log into all my accounts because that's how that goes. That, 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 yeah, just put that upstairs. Um, anyway, so I was going to get to John Kennedy's comments here. Let me get over to him. And uh, John says, Satan and his minions are working far, far over, uh, pa- pa- far, far past overtime to take us down. Yeah, absolutely, John. You're absolutely correct in that. And uh, let's see, uh, be in the middle class. Uh, in reality, we are, uh, we are making over $2 now. Oh, wait, sorry. To be in the middle class, in reality, we should be making over $2 now. I guess we're not even close. Well, here's the thing, John. When you think about the currency and things, if I said, hey, Bill, do you know about 1871? He probably doesn't even know about it. Do you know about the Jekyll Island? Yeah, he probably know a little bit about that. Do you know about the Fed Reserve? Absolutely, he knows about that. Because he took full advantage of that. Um, let me do this. There is a TikTok, and I don't, I know again, it sounds like a really bad source to go to. Um, let's see, what's this one here? Let's do this one. Oh, 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 there, here's another example of the uh, bad currency, or not the bad currency, but the inflationary rate. I've got these two different examples. I want you to listen to hers and how she explains how we are, and then I've got one about Bill Clinton, and I will show you how nefarious this guy is and why he knows what's going on, and he's taking full advantage of the con because he is a con man. Uh, why don't we have sound? Oh, wait, there. Broke, and they were. I saw this TikTok the other day about how we all feel broke, and they were saying that um, during the Great Depression, the average American was making $4,300 a year, which is the equivalent of like $95,000 by today's standard. So I had to go look that up. I had to do my own research, and this is what I found. So I found this list of the cost of things in 1938, which is at the very end of the Great Depression, okay? So you can see the list. Now I'm gonna tell you what that actually amounts to in today's numbers. So the wage for one year in 1938 was averaging $1,731, which is the equivalent in today's standard of $37,193. So 
that was where I was having a big disbelief was in the amount of wages that they made in the Great Depression versus today. Because I make more than that. But it's saying that the national average is 63400 for today. Now, while I can buy that 37000 is uh, not a lot of money by today's standard, um, here's where the real kicker is. In the Great Depression, a house cost $3,900. That amounts to an inflation rate of $83,000, where in actuality, houses are averaging over $420,000. Yeah, that's why we feel broke. Oh, but it gets even worse because cars in the Great Depression cost $860, which amounts to about $18,000. But in actuality, cars are going for over $40,000 now. Here's the big one. $420 a year for tuition at Harvard, which should be $9,024. Now that's about what an average college costs these days. Harvard today is $54,000 a year. So during the Great Depression, they had to spend two and a quarter times their salary in order to get a house. And by today's standards, you have to spend six, almost seven times your salary to get a house. A car costs less than half of their salary, whereas by today's standards, uh, you, you are spending almost your whole salary for a year buying a car. I was basing all of those numbers off of people who make $63,000 a year, which does not include me, which is why I and so many of my friends feel broke. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, sorry about that. I didn't mean to run that to the end. Now, that was absolutely kind of like a, an eye-opener, right? And, oh, uh, John Kenny says that was $2 million. Oh, absolutely, John. You're very correct on that. So uh, we really would be making over $2 million now. I guess we're not even close. And that's a sad part of it. You're absolutely right, John Kennedy. This is a, a sad part that we have to continue to go down this path of being conned all the time. Now, let me go to this other comment here. And uh, let's see here. I want to do this one here. Where'd it go? This is the one. I want you guys to hear this. And this is actually kind of... <sighs> kind of... Ugh. This one makes you feel really, really icky inside because... Uh, I went to bail. Stop, 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 stop. Um, this one here. I want you guys to see this one here. Um, this one actually is about Bill Clinton. And the reason I want you to t talk about Bill Clinton, I want you to listen to this. This gentleman worked with the crime family, uh, the Clintons. He worked in what they called the operations, the campaign operations headquarters. He talks about $100 million a month that they were profiting in cocaine profits. That's, not, that's after they've paid everybody else. Now they had to hide or launder or get rid of a hundred million dollars in the 80s in the 80s think about how much money that is they were getting a hundred million dollars in profit that they were trying to hide and they were using arkansas's bond commission the arkansas state of arkansas bond commission to run fake bonds through there and then pay people out with their money laundering scheme so let me go ahead and po po uh, do this here and you guys can listen in i went to bill I said, I need uh, a job to kind of relax, mellow out. Oh, sorry. Bill Clinton and Betsy Wright, they suggested that I go to work for a place called the Arkansas Development Finance Authority. And they said my talents could really be used there. It was uh, the best kept secret in Arkansas. The fact that I was brought in by Bill Clinton meant that there was something about me that everybody had to be careful with. After about two weeks, I went to Wooten Epps, and I said, Wooten, I think I've got enough background on this that we can start marketing it. Now, what is the criteria for loans? He said, whoever Bill wants to get a loan. To go back, though, to that moment in time, I'd been there about a month, and I realized that I was in the epicenter of what I'd always heard about all my life. What most people have heard about is the machine. I was literally working, sitting in the middle 
of Bill Clinton's political machine. It was where he made payoffs, uh, where he repaid favors to people for campaign support. Uh, I was in an interesting seat, and I knew it. In that particular board meeting, I was sitting at the end of the table. James Brannion, who was chairman of the board at that time, was sitting at the head of the table. James Brannion stood up in a public restaurant, and he hollered at uh, the Beverly Enterprises guy, Bobby Stevens, and said, did you get the $50,000 campaign contribution from the client that, you, that you're introducing the loan for? He said, not yet. He said, well, then hold up the loan till we get it. I stood up, went up to James, I said, James, don't yell stuff like that. You don't need to be yelling it in a restaurant. That sounds real bad. He was just burly and arrogant. He said, who cares? Bill Clinton sold the concept of ADFA to the people of Arkansas as a vehicle for creating jobs and assisting churches and schools. In reality, millions of taxpayer-guaranteed dollars were being channeled to Clinton's election campaigns, to his inner circle of friends, and to his wife Hillary's law firm. This may explain why ADFA had been drafted in such a manner as to keep its decision-making procedures secret. If you needed a million dollars, you had to get your application handled by the Rose Law Firm, pay them $50,000. There were five other companies in the state of Arkansas that were actually more qualified in bond structuring and applications, but Rose Law Firm got them all. I started checking around and I kept asking, well, you know, one thing's bothering me to the comptroller, Bill Wilson, you know, how do people make payments on these loans? He looked at me and said, they don't. He thought I knew. Well, that blew my mind. And this is about two months in and it was getting tough then. So I started gathering the documents. After everybody left, I would stick around as if I were working on the annual report that would give me access to all the documents and I made copies of them all. For about two months I watched accounts accumulate money and then the month they zero balanced. I didn't understand totally what that meant but I thought I'd go ahead and steal the records anyway. I did. It was soon after that that I met a man named Bill Duncan. Bill Duncan took the zero balance and he told me what that meant. He said, you know what that means? I said, oh. He said, they're laundering drug money. There were a hundred million a month in cocaine coming in and out of Mean, Arkansas. They had a problem. They were doing so much money in cocaine, a hundred million. You you okay, real quick, guys. I want you guys to think about that. That name of that city is in is in Made in America with uh, Tom Cruise. Remember the whole thing where he was struggling, uh, smuggling drugs in and out? Remember Mina, Mina, uh, Arkansas, where they moved that guy from Louisiana into Arkansas and then had him start running drugs in and out for the Contra Affair? This goes back to Ollie North. This goes back to Reagan. This goes back to... Uh, to uh, Clinton's. This all ties into the CIA and the FBI. That's what all this is, guys. I want you guys to understand how big this really is. This this interview, which is obviously a little grainy, a little old, but we're just now getting a hold of it. <sighs> anyway, let's continue on. Create a problem in a little state like Arkansas. How do you clean $100 million a month? ADFA until 1989 never banked in Arkansas. What they would do is they would ship the money down to Florida, a bank in Florida, which later would be connected to BCCI. They would ship money to a bank in Atlanta, Georgia, which, by the way, was later connected to BCCI. They'd ship to Citicorp in New York, which would send the money overseas. And there was an interesting one, a bank in Chicago. That bank, by the way, is partially owned by Dan Rostenkowski. Dan Lasseter would get the bonds. He would become the broker for the bonds. He would transfer money back to ADFA. He never sold a bond. The money then would leave ADFA, go into one of the various banks for the specific bond loan, and they would zero it out. When they zeroed it out, they were giving it back to Lester, Lester handling fees. Your president, the president of the United States, not only was a part of the system that was 
laundering millions of cocaine dollars. Your president signed off on it. He can't deny that he did. You see, because of that, there's one little catch. Every loan that ADPA made, Bill Clinton himself had to sign off on it. More than Bill Clinton. You better identify the people in the loop of the drug running. You better identify the people in the loop for money laundering. And what you'll find there is those people go straight to Washington. Act 1062, if you look at it, it says that ADFA was developed and created to provide low-interest bond loans for churches, schools, colleges. So now look what happened to our legislature. They voted on a bill creating ADFA, thinking that they were getting money to colleges and schools to buy books and so forth. What better way to run thousands of tens of millions of dollars, launder it, clean it up, and used the cover of a state agency to do it. The first loan made at ADFA was made to Parkometer, a company called Parkometer. Seth Ward was the owner. As I started looking, I found out that the secretary treasurer was Webb Hubble. Then I found out Webb Hubble was Seth Ward's son-in-law. Guess who drafted the legislation creating Act 1062? which created the Arkansas Development Finance Authority, Webb Hubble. Guess who introduced the legislation to our legislators and got it passed through our house? Webb Hubble. Guess who got the first loan? Webb Hubble. Imagine this. Guess who did the audit and the evaluation of the application? Rose Law Firm. You guessed it. Who signed it? Webb Hubble. Hillary Clinton. You see, that's against the law in Arkansas. You can't investigate yourself when the good faith and credit of the state of Arkansas is involved in a bond issue. He broke the law. Good Lord willing, Creek don't rise, Mr. Hubble will be serving some time in the pen for that one. Ironically, Webb Hubble, a senior partner at the Rose Law Firm, was chairman of the Conflicts of Interest Committee at Rose. In 1988, he successfully advanced the Ethics in Government Act, which required Arkansas legislators to report governmental conflicts of interest. Incredibly, this law specifically exempted Governor Bill Clinton, his appointees, and his relatives. Clinton's appointment of Hubble to the U.S. Justice Department exemplified the administration's total disregard for legal ethics. Hubble's hasty resignation in March 1994 for supposed overbilling of Rose clients was merely a ploy to remove Hubble from the limelight before extensive criminal charges could be brought against him. Let me tell you about Parkometer. The first loan was $2.85 million. Never was a penny of that paid back. It was all a scam. They had, let's say, 100 employees when they started. They got $2.85 million. You know how many employees they had after they got that influx of cash? 100. Didn't increase anything. There's not a, not a new building on the property. They didn't even remodel a bathroom. As the newspaper people started inquiring about the parkometer loans, what they found was that instead of making parking meters, parkometer was actually building retrofit nose cone compartments that were being shipped to Mina. We find out that the nose cones were actually being used to smuggle dope back into the country. And what is scary, what's so scary, it's the same cast of characters. Webb Hubble, the Rose Law Firm, are guilty, I say to you, of conspiring to defraud the state of Arkansas, the federal government, and conspired to solicit the sales and the laundering of money for illegal drugs. This is your president. This is his circle of power. These are the people, when he got elected president, he did not pass go. He took them straight to Washington with him. And by all things holy, I think he was planning to set up and do the same thing in Washington. Now imagine all that. And uh, Pete Chalk, I think you're actually correct on that. These newscasts uh, are worse than Vietnam flashbacks. So very correct there. 
Uh, Rebecca Wells says, I hope that they tear down all the little rock Clintonville. Absolutely. Uh, and then she says, I'm Rebecca says, I'm one of the richest poor person. <laughs> I am one of the richest poor persons. Uh, I was raised with good morals and values, work hard for everything, single mom, two kids, and um, with no handouts in life. That's exactly right. Uh, Pete also said this Ponzi scheme is a uh, politician's dream. It's the Federal Reserve. All the money backs up, uh, backs up into their pockets. The sad part of it is, is that we're the ones that pay for this. And I know that it doesn't make sense that you say, well, it's just fake money. It doesn't really matter. What we're actually paying for is higher groceries because when they do this, when they take the Kool-Aid pack, you know, they take a little Kool-Aid pack and they, you put a Kool-Aid pack in here in the side of this cup and you put this much water in there, That's that flavoring is going to be super intense. It's, this cup, the water is going to be super red, right? But if I took this same packet and I take and I and I put a lot more water into it, which is our economy, a lot more money into the economy, meaning I put that same packet of value into a five-gallon, Pete says, federal reverse. Oh, absolutely. You take that uh, same packet of cherry Kool-Aid or whatever, and you put it in a five-gallon bucket of water, that water is going to be barely pinkish. It's going to be see-through. It's going to have a little red tinge or a little pink tinge to it. It's not going to be anything of value, but yet this is why when we have politicians who go around and they they destroy our currency with giving money away to people who don't have values for our own country, but they're just lining the pockets of politicians there, they're just buying people off. It's all about, hey, I'm going to give you a taste, but I need my taste back. And, you know, hey, God bless you, whatever. You you know, you're, you're willing to sell your soul out for your few you know, your few nickels, your few little pence. And that's really sad that that's actually happening in our world around us, that people are willing to sell themselves out. And, and I'm not, when I say, I, I'm not saying like, as in like, oh, I purposely did it. it. It's a little trickle at a time. People sell themselves into this kind of world a little at a time. It's a, well, yeah, I need it. I need this done or I need that done. Well, yeah, let me do this or let me do that. And then eventually what happens is, is individuals find themselves sold out completely because when they go and they find a, you know, they find a, a text message or an email or something in your tax returns that isn't quite right and you have all these different little, you know, little things where somebody did something that's not quite to the letter of the law according to their interpretation. By the way, all laws, all rules, all regulations, all ordinances, all of these things are absolutely suggestible. See, that's what's happened when the, when you have the when you have the uh, when you have the actual um, when you have the destruction of our laws through a court of administration, where uh, lawyers use legal terms or word manipulation or a frequency or a tempotic uh, tempatic uh, code in the words to be able to win an argument, it's no longer about whether it's real or not. It's about whether you play the game or not. And that itself right there, guys, should terrify you that that is what they are doing. They make our laws and rules and regulations mean nothing, but yet we go over and we comply to these people, we pull over for these people, we give in to these people, and it's not fair to us to say that we're going to be the ones that have to pay for this whole thing um, so anyway, just be mindful that the wordplay, the, the, these, these, that's why we don't feel like we have value. That's why we don't feel like we understand what's going on. It's all about manipulation of you. It's all about con. Do lawyers need, honestly, the jobs they have? Do we need, do you guys know that lawyers are the highest unemployed skill set that we have in America? Did you know that? No, no, no. Seriously, guys, unemployment for lawyers, licensed, doctorate, College, past, board, certified, British accredited, registered lawyers have a higher unemployment rate than any other industry out there. Let me ask you a quick question. If we didn't have lawyers, would we really need them today? Do we need judges? Do we need all these district attorneys, all these prosecutors? Well, Jim, we would have chaos, and we'd. And that's why we have Detroit the way it is, and that's why Rochester it is, and the and Chicago and and L.A. and all this other stuff. That's why it's like this. So that's you know we have to have these guys because they're the only thing between us and safety or death or or destruction, and our society falls apart. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that we need them? 
Do you guys want to go through the, the certificates of what it takes to die in this country? Do you guys want to look at the number one killer in America? Do you know who the number one killer in America is? Is it your fellow man in the streets? Is it is it vehicles? Is it cocaine? Is it is it uh, what is it? Is it uh, ivermectin? HCQ? Is it uh, what, what are we talking about? Do you guys actually know who actually kills or what actually kills more Americans than any other thing in America? Doctors. 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 Doctors, medical doctors. Now, I'm getting ready to spend a weekend with chiropractors, doctors of osteopath. I'm going to go and do it differently because I'm going to find a different path to healing than this one where they put those chemicals in my body and kills me. Now, the second killer is cardiovascular disease. You know who I brought that on? Vegetable oil. Vegetable and the oil excreted or com- com- compressed or pushed or made rancid coming out of vegetable is oil. And then when you cook your shit in it, it gives you estrogen and high cholesterol, which is why you have heart attacks. Guys, we didn't die of heart attacks 100 years ago. No, 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 no. We did not. Sorry. Hate to ruin it for you. Vegetables are what is killing you. What do they tell you to eat more of? Salads. What do they tell you to do more of? Eat vegetables. What do they tell you to do a lot of? A lot of vegetables. Little, very little meat. And then why is Jordan Peterson having the amazing recovery in his life as he's had over the last three years where he only eats meat, salt, and water? That's the three things he puts in his face. His anxiety's gone. His periodontal disease is gone. His hair is regrowing. His body has lost weight and is more is stronger now than it's ever been. But remember that, guys. Vegetables. They want you to eat more vegetables. This is the sad part of this is that I can show you through your economy, through the government, through drugs, through the EPA, through FDA, FCC, FAA, all these different acronyms, all these things out there supposedly are supposed to keep you safe. But what did we all do during pandemic? And we all knew what was wrong. We knew we shouldn't do it. But what did the government hurry and tell you to do? We're going to give you a government chemical so you are safe because we're the only ones who know how to keep you safe. I thought of that about two hours ago. I was thinking about, you know, the how we've really, how did we get where we are? And I was thinking about, like, Uncle Sam and, and all this, but what did we learn during the pandemic? That we all ran to Uncle, Uncle Sam. Oh, sir, may I have another? Can you please give me another? Are you serious? You're nothing. You mean nothing to them. Because you approve them spending trillions and trillions of dollars wildly without any, without any interference, without you even hesitating. Because by God, we need a cure. We're all gonna die. Help us, please, God. I mean, government, government, help me, Lord, please, God, Lord. Oh wait, government. Who is your God? Who did you worship? Who did you bow down to? Who do you give into? Where do you send your money every year? What comes out of your paycheck every week or two weeks or by the month? Whatever you get paid. Where do you go when you pay, purchase something? Who's the number one person to get in their taste out of that whole thing? Doesn't matter if you're buying gum or buying a Ferrari. Who gets their little taste? Who gets their little bits on that, huh? The government. But the government tells you uh, how fast you can drive your vehicles on the road. You can transport yourself around while you're traveling. The government. Well, the government tells you what you can put in the car and what can come out of the back end of the car and how loud your stereo is and how large your, loud your engine is and how loud your exhaust is. And if you think I'm full of it, go look it up. The EPA tells the car, the car company how loud your speakers can be, how loud your motor can be, how much they can hear under the hood. How much noise your car makes going through the air. What kind of comes out of the back end. 
and then the chemicals that come out of there that they don't test for. See, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how we have all of this right in front of us. We have all these answers right in front of us. The EPA says that they uh, they put a catalytic converter, some O2 sensors on the front and the back of the O2 of uh, the catalytic converter, and then they've got some other sensors in your motor and all your new cars. Well, it just magically takes gasoline and transforms it into to unicorn farts out the back end of your car. Are you sure? What did they change gasoline into that's actually a toxic chemical to us that's odorless and tasteless that they actually are killing us with that has nothing to do with CO2 or carbon monoxide? See, I think that they changed the the chemical makeup of what comes out of the back end of the car because that is the Trojan horse that no one's paying attention to. That's the one that you're not looking at. But see how all this ties into medical tyranny, financial tyranny, spiritual tyranny, freedom, liberties. I mean, all this stuff is under tyrannical control. Do you guys honestly believe that you're free? I don't know how I am able to actually do this show most days. I don't know why they let me. I get on here and tell you guys the truth about what your government is really doing to you. And yet, here we are. Uh, Bundy says, don't forget about the cow farts killing us. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, imagine that. Cow farts are killing us all. Did you know that you can actually take in a pig farm, they actually have uh, methane collectors at the top of the ceiling line or the roof line in these pig farms and the methane that comes off of their their uh, feces, the poop that comes out of them, they actually go in and a lot of farms can collect that gas. Then they use that gas to heat water, which then they create steam, which creates electricity to run the entire farm. Yeah, that's a thing. And it can be done. But we have to have the will to do it. Just like I tell you guys over and over again, your government runs a lottery every single year that sells 8 billion unique trackable tickets. Your government, your government, state, city, county, city, county, state, federal government, they issue 8 billion unique lottery tickets. That's just the Powerball. That's not scratch-offs. That's not tearaways. That's not the uh, the Keno ones. That's not the bingo ones. That's not the horse racing ones. That's not all these other little things, these little games they give you. I'm only talking about the Powerball, that part of the that part of it alone. And they do two drawings every single week flawlessly and within seconds of certifying, which is certification happens within seconds of the last ping-pong ball dropping. Once that happens... That ping pong ball drops within seconds of that last one. They know who won, what they paid with it, where their background is, where they live, all the different things about that individual. They don't need you to come turn yourself in. They already know who you are. And they do that 104 times a year, selling 8 billion unique trackable tickets, and you can't con them into saying, hey, I won the lottery, because they already know who won it. Yet we'd have to wait two, three weeks for our elections to be counted? Are you sure? See, my problem is, guys, is that they if you have the will to do something, if you have the ability to do something, and you don't do it, that's a matter of will. I They have the will to issue 8 billion lottery tickets. They don't have the will to count 150 million ballots every two years. Guys, your government is doing a lot of weird stuff right in front of your face. And here it is. I'm trying to talk about these things because, man, I tell you what, we have to find a different path than what we are on because this one isn't working. We have been destroyed in ways we should. We, 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 have, we have been destroyed in ways that you guys haven't begun to imagine. Our frequency, our body, our mind, our spirit is under such constraint you guys, if I said we don't need any other laws, I've already said this in the show already. You guys, we don't need any laws. It would it would panic you guys to no end to think that there's not somebody there to keep you in check because you don't believe that the person across the street has discernment in their heart and they know how to actually make good decisions right or wrong or have a barometer, a moral barometer that matches yours. 
And the sad part of it is, if I, like I said, if I had old Bill Clinton sitting right here, Uncle Billy, you know, he'd be giving me all kinds of pop and circumstance about what the life is and what we can and cannot do. But in the reality of it is, we have a problem here, guys. This guy is going to lie to me no matter what I say or do. He doesn't have a moral barometer that matches mine. So what are we going to do here? How are we going to make this different? Well, we have to. We don't have a choice. We have to stand a post. We have to be the sentinels of our freedom. We have to go out and find our own freedom. And the sad part of this, like I started at the very beginning of the show, there's only about 100,000 considered elites on this globe. That's it. Out of, let's say there's only 8 billion of us here. Are you sure that we are not strong enough? Are you sure we don't have the ability? And I would like to know, guys, I would like to know how any of these people have ever walked the streets. I mean, seriously, think about it. These people walk the streets wildly, and they don't even fear you. They don't fear you because the guys with the guns and the badges, those are the guys that actually are the difference makers in our freedoms and liberties. And we don't pay attention to that, do we? No, we don't. And that's our fault. Because the thin blue line that you guys all celebrate, which I get, I understand you, we have to, you know, that's, that's what we've built in our society, that that's necessary. But until they start siding on the side of the people, you will live in this tyranny. Because the guy with the gun, he'll shoot your ass. He'll put you in a cage. And he'll leave you there until the guy with the robe, the British accredited registered lawyer, the judge, decides to set you free when he is okay with it, when he feels good enough to let it go. See, I see. I, I went through their machine just recently, and I know what it looks like on the other side, guys. And we got a lot of J6ers out there that are suffering in real time right in front of our face, and we're not the ones out there fighting for their freedoms. Shame on us. We have a responsibility to stand for each other. A constitutional republic has nothing to do with you going around saying, well, not my dog, not my monkey, not my circus. If you live in a constitutional republic, if one of us has been offended, you are offended. If we have overstepped legally, if we have overstepped in people's boundaries, the reason that people push so hard and act so ridiculous is because they're under so much pressure they cannot help themselves but to overreact. Rebecca Wells says the local government is guilty too. They're, they work for the elites in the D.C. area. Oh, uh, uh, Rebecca, the local city is absolutely the cesspool where all this sewage starts pumping. I'm not afraid of D.C. like I'm afraid of the city council. I'm not afraid of D.C. like I'm afraid of the police chief. I'm not afraid of D.C. like I am afraid of, of the county commissioners. That's the truth, guys, and that's how your ranking of, of literal fear should be. And, and it should start with the local PD, the police chief, the city council, the mayor, the county commissioners, and whoever the chairman of the county commissioners are. Those five things, six things. Sorry, I, got name, um, I went to school, public school, so this is how I... Uh, uh, let's see, common core five. Oh, wait, five, six. Those six agencies, those six entities, those six positions, those six people, those six whatevers is what you should fear the most because that's where it starts. When they, talk about, when they talk about the dog catcher, when I say the dog catcher is, is what you should be worrying about, when I say you should be worrying about your county commissioners, you should be worrying about uh, this and that and the other thing, I mean it, guys. I am I'm telling you the, the truth. It should be terrifying to you. It should be terrifying to you. You should be really in a panic. Uh, John Kay says, uh, Jim, something tells me the world population is only about 4 billion, not 8 billion. You're exactly correct on that, John. Uh, just as you suggested about China's fake population statistics, that allows the idiots to suggest that we're overpopulated. Oh, it's not only overpopulation, climate control, but it's about voter registration, John. The inflated voter rolls. You have to say that there's a lot more weirdo liberals out there so that it looks like there's an even fight, that they have a dog in the fight, that they're actually going to be a winner in this one, and that's why they've had a few wins, because they're just placating them. There is not that many liberals out there, guys. Only 20 to 30% of the American population can actually qualify themselves as a liberal. The rest of them are all ultra-conservatives, and that is actually a fact. 
I will fight you tooth and nail on that one. We can go around and around on it, but I do believe we've been lied to exponentially, and that's how they got rid of us in the voter rolls. That's how they manipulated us all along, and we need to wake up. And that is our fault. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, this is about it for me today. Like I said, I got another event. To, uh, I got an event to be at tonight with uh, Hope Ranch. Uh, what a great event that's going to be. Nina or Nina, the one that we've talked about here a thousand times on the show. Uh, she was a great supporter of the Jim Price Show back when I was on the radio only, and she has transitioned to be a part of my, I would say, my extended family, her family as well. A lot of super great people. I've enjoyed getting to know them. I'm going to be her. I'm going to be her plus one. I will be Nina's date date tonight. So. If she doesn't like that, I'm sure she will protest, but she won't. She likes me. Uh, but we did have her 90th birthday just a few weeks ago. Great, great uh, uh, event to be able to see all of her family. Uh, her sons were there. It was just a neat, neat deal uh, to see her being celebrated on her 90th birthday. And uh, I'm going to go spend some time with her tonight before I head to Dallas this evening. And so, guys, if you want to help with the you know, the Jim Price Show, remember, donate as often as possible. This uh, We've got to keep the wheels turning and the lights on and all that good stuff. So thank you guys so much for everything you guys have been doing. It's been great to have you guys as part of the family. Uh, any questions or comments, like I said, get a hold of me, Jim Price at thejimpriceshow.com. Uh, remember the 10% we do for our neighbor, community, city, county, state, federal government. The more you do for them, the less they have to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. The world will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line, hold fast, do not give up, do not give in, we will win. I promise I don't make promises I can't keep. Guys, you've always been the answer. Understand your constitution limits the government, but never limits you. Unless you start repeating that out loud, it will never be a fact. The government is limited by the Constitution and never you. They are your public servants, not your public leaders. Constitution says we have a constitutional republic, which means they are public servants, not a democracy the way Nancy Pelosi says she wants a democracy. That is elected leadership. That is the only two words that are different in those two definitions, leadership over servant. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for everything you guys have been doing. It's been great to have you here. I'm Jim Price, Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys will be good to each other out there, and I'll see you guys on Monday because I'm off tomorrow. Bye-bye.